I would like to welcome our next speaker, Tiniko Chauke. Mr. Chauke is an African social blogger for African Stories, and he will be talking about a reflection of African unity, progress, and challenges in the last 53 years. Mr. Chauke. Good evening. Tonight, I feel honored to be part of um, Africa Day. Uh, COC 2016, uh, a blog about African issues uh, in areas such as politics, uh, social issues, and culture. Uh, so this is actually a perfect uh, platform to share my knowledge and also to learn from you guys. Uh, the Africa Day celebration is an annual event which is celebrated uh, by Africans and people of African descent around the world uh, to commemorate uh, the formation of the organization of African unity in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, 53 years ago. So that's why, actually, uh, I am reflecting on the past 53 years. Um, and uh, it's quite very significant that uh, Her Excellency is here today, and she's also from Ethiopia, with all started. Uh, the organization aimed to coordinate and intensify political, economic, and cultural cooperation between African states in order to achieve a better life for the people of Africa. In, word, in, word, in other words, on this day, we celebrate unity, culture, people, and a continent on the rise. The Organization of African Unity struggled to enforce its decision, and its lack of a standing army made interventions impossible. The policy of non-interference in affairs of member states also limited its effectiveness. That's when human rights were violated, as in Uganda under it, I mean, in the 1970s, and during the Rwandan genocide in 1994, the OAU was powerless to stop them. The OAU did little to protect the rights and liberties of African citizens from their own political leaders. The OAU was, however, successful in some respects. The members of the OAU stood together within the United Nations to safeguard African interests, especially in the respect of lingering colonialism. So in some ways, its pursuit of African unity was successful. The OAU was replaced by the African Union in 2002. In the last 14 years, it has managed to restore the, cred the credibility of African organization the AU peacekeepers have been involved in peacekeeping missions in Darfur, in Mali, and DRC, to name but a few countries. The, the AU also brought a spirit of good governance, accountability, rule of law, and respect of human rights. This is manifested by the increase in the number of stable democracies comparing with the dictatorship eras of 1960s, 70s, and 80s. On the economic front, just after independence in 1960s, most African countries were bankrupt and deep in debt. But now we have more African countries with steady and sustainable economies. Of the 13 fastest growing economies in the world, six of them are found on the African continent. Ivory Coast, with a growth rate of 8.5%, 
is the fastest growing economy in Africa and the second in the world. Tanzania, Senegal, Ethiopia, Mozambique, and DRC are all growing above 5% per annum. Entrepreneurship is on the rise, especially among the youth and women. The culture of creativity and innovation is gradually spreading among our people, opening opportunities for millions of people and lifting millions out of poverty. The economic successes of China and India are partly as a result of entrepreneurship and proliferation of small businesses. This has helped to create employment, reduce poverty, and raise the people's standard of living. In other big economies like the United States, where the economy is concentrated in the hands of few conglomerates, the economy has slowed down, putting the lives of millions at risk of unemployment, poverty, and homelessness. We have to acknowledge that despite these successes, Africa still faces numerous challenges. And democratic regimes still operate with impunity. There is always a threat of conflicts and civil wars hanging above our heads. Conflict is, conflicts in Darfur, in South Sudan, in Central African Republic, in Burundi are destabilizing Africa and preventing full cooperation and development. Ecological problems such as drought with recurring famines, desertification, and lack of ecological sustainability still faces us today. The Horn of Africa and the Southern African region are facing one of the worst famines in history since 1992 because of the climate change which caused the El Nino. Millions of people in countries like Zimbabwe, Ethiopia, and Namibia need food aid this year for them to survive the El Nino induced famine until 2017. Uh, as you heard from uh, the excellence, Ethiopia was actually the fastest growing economy in the world last year at 7%. And um, uh, it's still growing astronomically, but because of the El Nino, uh, we now have uh, there is a problem there about 10 million people. Uh, are going to go hungry this year, and that is slowing uh, the economic progress of last year. But as you can see, this El Nino was not induced by uh, any African countries there. It's climate change, which is chiefly caused by developed countries, the most industrialized countries, but it is the people in the poor countries which suffer for the actions of the most developed countries. Education is an important part of any developmental process. Africa still suffers from lack of skilled workforce, although the literacy rate has improved in recent years. To make the matters worse, we suffer from brain drain with African professionals moving abroad for greener pastures. There is an urgent need to provide affordable quality education and to formulate a skills retention policy within the African continent. In certain cases, our problem is not unemployment only, but our problem is an unemployable labor force. Our health institutions are weak and not efficient enough. The Ebola epidemic in Liberia, Sierra Leone, and Guinea exposed our readiness and response mechanism, resulting in the death of hundreds of people. The HIV-AIDS virus epidemic is also still ravaging 
the sub-Saharan Africa with countries like South Africa, Zimbabwe, Swaziland, and Lesotho, the most affected. South Africa, Africa's most advanced economy and the second biggest economy after Nigeria, rolled the biggest antiretroviral therapy program in the world. The HIV-AIDS epidemic in South Africa has economic implications, and experts believe it is slowing the economic growth with 30% of the African economy based in South Africa. The issue turns into an African problem. Trade between African countries constitutes only 12% of the total trade in which African countries are involved. Our over-reliance on raw products, which are easily affected by world price fluctuations, creates less employment opportunities and revenue for our governments. Africa needs to open up and trade more within the continent, but that can only be achieved when we have good transport network systems. Air travel in Africa is more expensive than anywhere else in the world. The rail system is old and unreliable. The conditions of roads in certain African countries is deplorable and non-existent. So the solution is for our governments and investors to invest in infrastructure development, especially transport systems and manufacturing industries. Our raw materials should be processed into final products in these manufacturing industries. This will increase employment for our people and reduce poverty. Yes, uh, we, are, we, we have some certain example which you see that we have, for example, a country like uh, Ivory Coast which produce cocoa which is used to, to produce chocolate, okay? But you are going to find a child in one village in Ivory Coast that have never tested chocolate. But we produce some, something like that. So I think that uh, we must build secondary industries to process the raw materials within Africa rather than taking uh, the products in their primary forms to Europe to process them and then they go back to Africa to be sold at prices which you can't afford. It, 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 and also for Africa, we need to trade more with each other. This is just a, a matter of simple mathematics. We have 1.1 billion people in Africa and, and if we trade between each other more than we trade with the, with the rest of the world, with the opportunities are boundless. Over-reliance on aid has been an African story of the last 50 years. On short-term basis, aid has helped to address hunger issues, build schools, improve education, and help the vulnerable, especially the victims of human rights abuses. On long-term, the real benefits of aid are insignificant. Most of the aid has been lost due to corruption. Aid has also been used to influence local political decisions and for regime change agendas. It is the time the Western African relationship changes from that one of aid givers and aid recipients to equal trade partners. Europe should invest in infrastructure development, education and health. Africa is blessed with a lot of natural resources and Europe has technology and finance. Let us form a symbiotic relationship which benefits both sides for the good of our citizens. Uh, let me turn my attention to the influence of the African community in Ireland. The African community in Ireland has been growing in leaps and bounds in the last 15 years. We now have a first generation of Irish children from, from an African descent. The welcoming part on the side of the Irish people has been quite fantastic. 
As Ireland becomes a home to an increasing number of African people, we are slowly seeing a merge of culture and the emergence of a cosmopolitan environment. I attended a music event some weeks ago in Clarence Hotel there, and where I saw like black and white young hip hop artists sharing a stage. A lot of people actually think that uh, rapping is a, is a black thing, but I was actually listening to white rappers that day and I was really impressed. Um, that showed me a gradual change of culture and integration which we are all witnessing among us. It means that we can bridge the gap between us irrespective of our differences between the color of our skins, forge unity and fight racial discrimination. Uh, I have to point though that that African people in this country still face discrimination in many areas. It is very difficult for people of African descent to get decent employment. A lot of them end up living on social welfare. And to the people seeing that trend, then they perceive that no, Africans are just lazy. The government and the employers need to give African people a fair chance and conduct interview on the basis of qualifications and experience, not on the color of their skin. I have to agree that this problem does not face Africans only, but foreign people too, from other European countries and other continents, except in the cases where their language skills are needed. Our history of colonialism, slavery and discrimination has caused us to have a general feeling of an inadequacy, or what we call an inferiority complex. This is manifested by extreme submissiveness or aggressiveness in some instances. We have to love ourselves first, be proud of who we are and walk with our heads high before we accept other people to accept us. In conclusion, I would like to highlight a few issues which affect us in one way or another. As we celebrate Africa Day, we should not forget that there are thousands of people stuck in direct provisions. Most of us present here have been there. It is our duty to be in solidarity with them and to raise awareness about their plight. It is also our moral duty to sympathize with oppressed people around the world, people who are fighting for human rights and dignity. Tonight, I would like to remember uh, the people of Palestine in Gaza and the occupied West Bank, people in Syria and Iraq who are being killed by ISIS and the Syrian army and other terrorist groups. Finally, we should also all put our hands together to fight radicalization of our children, brothers and sisters, to fight extremism wherever it raises its ugly head. Viva Africa, Africa Unite. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Talker.